0: To the Commander Theory podcast. I'm Nick Beatman and I'm here with my friend Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So, today we're going to be going over the new legendary creatures in the main set of Brothers War. Uh, next week, we're going to be going over the main deck cards. And last week, we covered the pro Precons. Um, but this week, all about the new commanders in this set. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. So, I'd say let's jump in. But- but I guess I should stop myself. Uh, I do want to briefly talk about our Patreon. Uh, If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump in. What is the first commander we're going to be talking about today?
1: Yes. So this is Loran disciple of history. So, um, I don't know how much like story stuff we can talk about, so I'm just going to read the card. Um, Loran, Disciple of History, is a 3-3 human artificer for 4 mana, 3 and a white. They're an uncommon legendary creature. Uh, just to give you a little, little guess about the power level here. Uh, they say whenever Loran, Disciple of History, or another legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. That's kind of it. you got this little trigger. You can play around with it. Um, there's a few types of artifacts that are good at sacking themselves. Do you want to want to talk about that real quick?
0: Yeah. So this seems like a good deck just for eggs. Um, you can easily, pretty easily, set up an engine um, where you're playing legendary creatures to get back your eggs, which draw you more cards. Hopefully, some of those cards will include more legendary creatures. Um, you can also try something real goofy uh, with mind slaver although it's going to require an insane amount of mana for a mono white deck <laughs> yeah um but there are one or two um ways to like blink your creatures in mono white so you could probably set up some kind of engine with like any legendary creature a mind slaver any kind of blink engine okay. and pay like a ridiculous amount of mana every turn to keep somebody slaved um but that's kind of what i was thinking for this you could also have like a little bit of an engine with voyager staff voyager staff is one mana artifact pay to sacrifice it link target creature essentially um so you can just kind of pay three mana at a time to keep blinking a legendary creature hopefully that legend has some sort of etb trigger in addition to like loran so you can get some value out of it but that's that's kind of the direction i was thinking of with the deck it it's funny cuz it uses like i think it's going to use a lot of same cards as a teshar maybe but yeah <laughs> um go the engine goes in a very different direction um any thoughts on loran
1: no i think that pretty much hits it on the head and there's there's a lot of cards and you know this is like a pivotal character in like the brothers war story and uh you know it's like okay cool this is a cool loran card i wonder if wonder if uh we're ever gonna get a different version, you know, a better version. And uh, oh, wait, wait, what, what's that? They they printed a adult Loran. <laughs> they they oh. they did it. They did two of them.
0: Oh no! Oh god! All right. Well, this one is probably gonna be weaker than the other one, right?
1: It's gotta be. Except I don't know. It's a rare and it's three mana. Um. Well, I'm I'm gonna read it off and the listener can decide. So this is Loran of the Third Path. She's a two-one human artificer so you know a little, a little weaker but for three mana uh two and a white she has vigilance and whenever loran of the third path enters the battlefield destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment and tap you and target opponent each draw a card so uh no, i yeah wow, well, um you know you're not beating in as hard with the two one as you are with the three three am i right like <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, lost some of those
0: gains she had in her youth. (laughs) I'm a Uh, big nerd. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, uh, well, I'll start by saying that in the past, we have been guilty of ignoring the main deck applications of new Legendary Creatures. I promise you, we're not going to make that mistake today. Um, I I honestly don't want to spend too much time on her as a Legendary Creature because... (laughs)
1: But yeah, let's um, let's go over it real quick. It's like Conjurer's Closet, you know, uh, sort of Hearts sure. Home. Uh, Teleportation you, Circle. You flicker her. She's a 2-1, so you're like Bishop of Rebirths and uh, Welcoming Vampire, you know, there you go. I think that's, we covered most of it, right?
0: Yeah, like, uh, sometimes you can mitigate the drawback of activation, like Spirit of the Labyrinth or Smuggler's Share, but, okay, mm-hmm. that's it, we can move on.
1: Yeah, okay, uh, cool.
0: <laughs> So So, uh, main deck applications. This is a new staple white card, hundred percent easy, easy call. Uh, like reclamation sage is in something close to one hundred and fifty thousand decks on EDA track. Uh, this is better, clearly. Um, yeah, and the, I think the burden is on the mono white deck builder to explain why they aren't running this card. Uh, it's it's really just should be going into your deck unless you have a really good reason not to run it.
1: The fact that this is legendary fits really cool into like the white tutors that we've been getting that care about legendary things. Mm-hmm. So you can now tutor for your Loran of the third path in your white decks, which is pretty cool. Um it's got like a bunch of funny little things. So I don't know did you did you write this? You can it's a niche use, but you can use it to kill the Thoracle player by like tapping to have both of you draw while their oracle triggers on the stack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's um, pretty red. There's, uh, it's of course an easy inclusion in blink decks. Uh, I mean, it's a very good human for human tribal. Um, I think it is kind of funny that, so for those of you who don't know the lore of Loran, um, she is Felden's, uh, wife who he was very distraught to lose. And so like it's kind of funny and I, it must have been intentional that she works really really well with Felden like you get the ETB trigger and then you can attack and you can activate her and just get a ton of value using her husband. Um but I yeah it's a very powerful new card um very easy inclusion
1: in white decks. Uh, I'm going to pick up a whole lot of these. Yeah. Yeah, this and there's like borderless there's going to be a lot of them so hopefully we can we can get them pretty cheap you can oh, hopefully people yeah, don't realize yeah. what's going on
0: so yeah well, let Do me quickly. just like check those pre-order
1: prices yeah at, at time of recording
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, i think everyone i think a lot of people know that she's quite yeah good.
1: that's gonna be that it's gonna be oh oh, oh oh okay all
0: right so uh she's like 250 now
1: okay. and this
0: is with pre-order prices so you know this is going to be like a Hopefully, by the time it releases and people compete on the market, should be down to like a dollar fifty cents. I think you should be able to get these pretty easily. Yeah, pick them up soon because uh, this is not an easy card to reprint, and (laughs) uh, it's it's going to be very useful long term.
1: Yeah, they kind of force themselves to uh, like if they want to reprint this card, it has to be in like a commander deck or something like you know, like it has to be in very specific like lower neutral places uh which Mm -hmm. isn't most sets so (laughs) yeah
0: not going to fit into your average standard set aside from brother's war
1: yeah exactly um so i guess we got one more mono white commander and it is a doozy do you want me to read it and you get into it sure so this is mirel shield of argive uh she is a three four human soldier for four mana three and a white uh, she has, during your turn, your opponents can't cast spells or activate abilities of artifacts, creatures, or enchantments. So already, like, you know, that's pretty good. And then, mm-hmm. um, whenever Mural Shield of Argive attacks, create X-1-1 colorless soldier artifact creature tokens, where X is the number of soldiers you control. So, um, uh, I heard you liked Krenko, so I made you a mono-white Krenko. <laughs> <laughs> For your soldiers. Also, their artifacts? That's crazy. This is so mm-hmm. cool. What the heck? Like, okay, I'll let you get into it, and then I'll gush a little more.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, this is, well, I'm very pleased to see we finally got, like, an explicitly tribal soldier commander. Uh, this is something that has been very, very overdue. Um, soldier has kind of been, like, the default white token type for a super long time, so it's weird that it's taken... Literally thirty years to see a legend that supports it. Um, It's also very cool that it has the Grand Abolisher text, so like you don't really have to worry about spot removal,
1: like messing up your Maze of It Still gets you,
0: yeah, yeah, or like your other spells don't get countered. um, But it's uh, it seems like a very very powerful commander. Um, Just something to be aware of. It, it sure looks pretty good, like, you know, exponential growth. Everyone has gotten their, their butt beat by Krenko. Um, but a couple things to keep in mind. I think, like, the easiest point of comparison for this card is, uh, Adeline, uh, Resplendent Cathar. And it's worth noting that, like, if you are, if you're, if your meta doesn't have, like, a whole lot of spot removal, um, or a whole lot of mass removal, then Mirel is definitely going to make a lot more soldiers over the course of several turns. Uh, but Adeline comes down much faster. Like Adeline will get the trigger and make three guys uh, on turn three. Mirel is not going to be actually getting this attack trigger and making your soldiers until turn five. So pretty significant delay there. Um and so it's if if your opponent like is packing a lot of spot removal if they're able to remove her uh you know it's not going to be it's not going to be great for you uh what, what do you think about mural compared to other white soldier or other white token commanders
1: uh i think this is pretty good i think the fact that you get the benefit of instance and other people don't Means that this is going to be pretty good for you. I think we're getting to the point where you're going to get you, you're going to have a critical mass of like, not just like soldier token producers that are like good, but you also are going to have your uh, uh, what are the the eight, and they shall know no fears. Your uh, the one from uh, the flawless free maneuver. Yeah, flawless maneuver. The. The ex-white-white one that makes citizens, you know, like we we're hitting to the the point where you have like a pretty good
0: suite of like protection spells mm-hmm. for on guys. top
1: of teferi's protection and all the that kind of stuff, like phasing and whatever. So, I think that if you just want to slam jam and uh soldiers is something that you are like totally okay going along with, like this is gonna be pretty well for you. I, th- I think this works with like welcoming vampire and like our new card we're going to talk about from this set and like a bunch of other like white card draw engines. Um, it itself just generates a ton of tokens. Uh, you can do there cause they're artifact soldiers. You can do a bunch of shenanigans with them, with all the white artifact things that have been happening lately. So, um, I, I think this is good. (laughs) I think like, uh, the, with like the background that pumps your tokens and things like that like this is pretty cheap and pretty efficient to just like beat people down very quickly um so i'm i'm pretty into this i think that like if you just want to combat like this is a pretty good way to do it and you get to play with all the new mono white toys yeah i just want to um briefly
0: call out a a couple like little pieces of maybe even Tech isn't the right word because it's such a straightforward deck. But I think there are a couple of things I want to point out. Um, of course, like a lot of the soldier tribal command or soldier tribal effects, like the, the plus, plus one pumps, are pretty obvious. Uh, you can find those in a gatherer search. But a couple other things to keep in mind uh, Gold Knight Commander is three and a white for a two two human cleric soldier. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus, plus one until end of turn. So if you have that on the field when you're attacking with Mural, then every soldier that comes in off of her attack trigger is going to pump all your guys plus and plus one. It makes your army absolutely enormous, especially even like the the number of tokens you're likely to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, similarly, Valor and Akros is three and a white for an enchantment that does the exact same thing. Um, even though they're temporary effects, even though they're only active on your turn, it's just an enormous amount of power for the investment you're putting in.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. It took them thirty years, but they did it right, is what I am feeling with the yes. casino. Uh, like, uh,
0: we've got a um, list in the episode description if you want to just take a look at it and get some ideas for how to go about building
1: Murrell. Um But I think with that, we can move on to. Can I get into our first Mono Blue Commander? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. So, this is Drafna, founder of Latnam. So, I, I one of the things I like about this set is that, like. I think it's giving a lot of people context for a lot of cards that they've probably seen or heard of, or you know, there's cards that are very powerful that have like Latinam in them or whatever, and people kind of just went like, oh whatever, old magic, and now it's kinda you got a little bit more context for what's going on here. So No founder of Latinam, is a two one human artificer advisor. I d I don't know why they snuck that one in, but uh is uh got two abilities. Uh, the first one is one in a blue. Return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. So for two mana, you can just bounce an artifact you have. And then for three mana and tap, you can copy target artifact spell you control. Um, so he does a lot. This little 2-1 can do a lot of stuff. Um, and so it, yeah.
0: So there is some combo potential with this guy. Um, if you are interested... Well if you're interested in comboing off, um, one thing you can do is uh, if you have an artifact sac outlet and an Ugin's Nexus, uh, you can cast Ugin's Nexus, copy it while it's on the stack, copy becomes a token, sacrifice that token while the original is still on the stack, uh, and then take an extra turn after this one. And then once the original Ugin's Nexus resolve, you can bounce it to your hand with his first activated ability. Um, all told, that's going to run you about Ten mana per turn, um, but that is an option if you want to take NP turns. And of course, like you know, you just run a bunch of artifact ramp, which is probably going to be at home in this deck anyway to get you there faster. Um, some other combos in this color identity: um, Mana Crypt or Mana Vault, and either um, and Lattice or Chromatic Orrery uh, will give you infinite storm. So let me sort of walk you through how that works. Um, The main purpose of like Chromatic Orrery or Microson Lattice in this combo is uh, allowing you to filter your colorless mana for blue. So you can play a Mana Crypt, tap it for two mana, sort of filter that to blue through your Microson Lattice or Chromatic Orrery, uh, and then use it to activate his first ability to bounce an artifact you control to its owner's hand. So you can then bounce the Mana Crypt to your hand similarly mana vault nets two mana off of each casting uh so that would work as well and then with that you can just win with like a brain freeze or even just like something that triggers off of like casting spells or casting artifacts or artifacts entering the battlefield or bubble blah, bubble blah, blah, blah. uh win condition is yours to figure out um yeah <laughs> uh, and then uh similarly um Voltaic key or manifold key will also work uh, in that you can play it, activate it to, and and they would also work with chromatic orrery, sorry. Um, So you can play like a voltaic key or manifold key, uh, tap it to untap your chromatic orrery, tap the orrery for five mana, and then use that mana to then bounce your voltaic key or manifold key after the colorless has been filtered to blue. So that will give you infinite mana and storm. uh, And hopefully you can figure out a way to win from there. But those are just some of the combos. I'm sure there's more we're missing, but uh, just, yeah, yeah. But like a lot of options for mana rocks and making lots of spells or making lots of mana.
1: Yeah, it's funny because like at this point when I see especially like a rare mono blue commander, I'm like, How does he combo? (laughs) Like it's so hard just given the wide swath of like existing pool of magic cards in blue to avoid doing anything blue and not comboing. So as soon as you have like a copy or as soon as you have like a bounce, like it's over, you know, as soon as you're doubling something, it's just that's it. That's what's going on. So I do really like this guy though, because you can kind of dirtle. And I think the dirtle play with this guy is gonna be really fun. Like bouncing a solemn simulacrum to play two solemn simulacrums to like your solemn helps you get to seven so that when you bounce your solemn you can make two solemns, so that when you bounce your solemn you can make two sol you know, like stuff like that. Like he has he has um cool progressions as long as uh you just don't die to like a Edgar Markov or something like that, <laughs> you know. Mm. So i like this guy a lot uh i also like this next one but she's weird (laughs) can i can i talk about uh the next mono blue commander yeah let me read
0: her off really quick and then you can sort of dig into her um yeah so herkle master wizard is one blue blue for a two four legendary creature human wizard advisor at the beginning of your end step if you've cast a non-creature spell this turn reveal the top five cards of your library for each card type among non-creature spells you've cast this turn, you may put a card of that type from among the revealed cards into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random
1: order. Uh, what do you think about Herkel? Uh, I I think a lot of things about Herkel. So I think the first thing is that I'm excited to see her as a character because Herkel was like a really important character in the story. She basically discovered like mana. Uh, and, like, instructed people on, like, how to use mana. And, like, that's why uh, Urza could use the Silex when he did use it in the story to blow up everything uh, was because he was instructed on how to use mana, which is, is pretty cool, you know? Um, So I was wondering what she would do if she showed up. And it wasn't this. I didn't expect this. But this is very, very interesting. So Hold on. Do you think
0: that... Sorry. Do you think that, like... If they had swapped the mechanics on Herkel and Drafna, it would just be more satisfying. Given oh. that Herkel is known
1: for her recall, yeah, exactly. This is the Herkel of Herkel's recall. Um, maybe I think maybe it might have been. I'm I'm not actually upset with Herkel because it is very strong and it's kind of like a build your own commander. And I'll, I'll I guess I'll talk about that soon. But yeah, this is the Herkel from Herkel's recall when. So the when you keep seeing all this third path stuff, the third path was this group of like archaeologists and scholars that didn't want to fight in the war, so they went to Latinam and like I think it was Latinam, I can't remember, it's been so long, and kept reading stuff, but eventually like the Phyrexians came and attacked, and then hercule was like, but I know how to use blue mana now. Um and like basically bounced all the Phyrexian dragon engines that were attacking, and also Bounced herself. Oops. (laughs) So she just kind of disappeared. Uh oh. Um, but, uh, okay. All that said, all the story stuff said, uh, satisfying mechanics and stuff. I, I really do think this is kind of like a blue build your own commander. We don't really have like a blue enchantress commander. So the, the way the trigger works is like if you've cast a non creature spell, so like it can't be an artifact creature, it has to be like an artifact. Um, you at the end of the turn get to like look for one to put in your hand, so there's this weird tension between like, do I want to guarantee that I get a card, or do I want to maximize the amount of cards that I get? And I think that's up to you because if you want to do like Mono Blue Enchantress, you can do that with Hercule. You can just like make sure that you're going to hit an enchantment off of this trigger every single time. The same is true with like artifacts and stuff like that. Uh, but I think maximizing the trigger, like getting a bunch of different like an instant and sorcery and artifact and enchantment that seems incredibly difficult you're gonna whiff a lot of the time getting more than two cards a hit seems all like very very is,
0: hard but it is additive so like yeah l- l- let me let me just uh put some like ridiculous numbers out there um let's say h- how many like enchantments do you think you could reasonably hit? in or or like fit into like a 99 card deck without like totally warping things
1: oh like like without like gimmicking yourself and yeah without making
0: it so your deck is like just
1: completely incapable of (laughs) doing anything (laughs) yeah um i'd say like somewhere between like like under 30 that's what i would say okay let's
0: let's say we i mean like 20
1: 30 so, you know 20 something maybe I'll, I'll say 30 yeah. like we're,
0: we're just doing some back of the envelope math here um let's say you fit 30 decent enchantments in your Herkel deck um then off of the like five card flop you're 84 we you got an 84.3 chance of getting one of those cards um but with like let's say instead you do like a, a split of like 20 artifacts, 20 enchantments, like each of with 20 of the given card type, you've got a 68.5, but you know, you're, you're running that multiple times. If you're trying to get yeah. like, I, I think that like, it works out that you're going to get more cards if you do split it up among different um, yeah. card
1: types. Yeah. And and that is my guess. My guess is the best version of this deck is like a mono blue control list with like sorceries, artifacts, maybe some enchantments, definitely um, some instance. Definitely some instance. Yeah, so that you can reliably get two cards off the trigger and you just kind of go can like control the combo, which is that's just one of the best archetypes in commander. So, um that's what I think Hercule does but I do like the modularness of it. I do like if you, if you want to do like what I did with um, recently with my Gale and raised by giants list, like you could do sorceries and in instance with her goal and like always get two of them and pretty much always get two of them. You know, like you could do like pick two types and pretty much always hit with them. You can try and split it out. So you got like 15 of like four different card types and see what you can get. So this is, I think the puzzle that Herkel is asking you to solve is like pretty fun, actually. Like barring the flavor mismatch that might be here, I think this is a pretty she she got a pretty cool card. I do I, I think now after talking about it with you, I think I am if Draftna and Herkel had switched text boxes, I actually do think that would have fit better. But I whatever card this was going to be, I think would have been a fun one is kind of my where i'm landing on it so yeah
0: i think with that we can move on to the next commander
1: yeah and this one uh all right it's the first of many this is uh well i do you want me to read it off or do you want to read it off
0: uh sure you can read it off
1: sure so this is this is baby urza this is urza power stone prodigy so baby urza is three uh three mana it's two and a blue mono blue um, it's a 1-3 human for with Vigilance uh, that has one tap, draw a card, then discard a card, so you can pay one to loot. And whenever you discard one or more artifact cards, create a tapped powerstone token. Sorry, this ability triggers only once each turn. So, uh, looting commanders, are fun, right? Like, do you remember, uh, remember uh, Baby Jace? You know, you remember looting... Looting into a combo finish. This even gets you stuff while you're looting. It's not quite as good because you got the one, but as soon as you get like some power stones, like that's pretty trivial. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think this is just (laughs) any other blue commander that loots um, does very similar things to what Urza is doing. And then you win with a combo finish. Uh, You also are getting a lot of power stones along the way. So like maybe there's like a KCI going on here or something like that like cart clan ironworks um,
0: yeah I wish
1: that it was easier to
0: tutor for like mm, enchantments in blue because Artificer, <laughs> artificer's intuition just seems so sweet oh, here
1: oh yeah really good
0: yeah so artificer's intuition is one in a blue for an enchantment pay blue discard an artifact uh, search your library for an artifact card with mana value one or less reveal it and put it into your hand then shuffle your library so basically, like, provided you have enough crappy artifacts, you just don't mind cycling through. Um, it's just like, pay hey, blue, make a power stone. And that seems like a really good rate. Um, yeah. There's only, but it's so hard to find enchantments in blue. It's like you've got transmuting the muddle, muddle of mixture, and that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could just run like a whole bunch of other looters because, like, you know, looters aren't terrible or or like just draw spells that allow you to discard um and you know run a bunch of crappy artifacts that you don't mind hitting the yard um i think it could be an interesting style of ramp deck um and then i don't know figure out what to do with all that man i guess you're running yeah. <laughs> like you will probably have some good artifact sinks maybe some artifact combos to pay to funnel your mana into um yeah i haven't really <laughs> solved for win condition but i think there is a deck that is really good at making power stones here
1: yeah no i'm i'm pretty much right with you all right like there there's so many other commanders that required a lot of thought in the set that when i saw this i'm like oh okay you loot in the combo finish uh sorry listener you gotta you gotta finish that <laughs> for us. but um because there's a uh, spoiler alert, I spent a lot more time trying to break Urza's uh, sibling, little baby sibling, than I did Urza. I'm like, oh, okay, this seems like you're in mono blue, you got artifacts, energies, <laughs> you can get it. You can figure
0: it out. You Left as an it. exercise for
1: the listener. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, do you want to get into these black commanders?
0: Yeah, so this next one is Ashnod Flesh Mechanist. It is a single black mana for a 1 1 legendary creature, human artificer with Death Touch. Whenever Ashnod attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, create a tapped power stone token, and you can pay five and exile a creature card from your graveyard to create a tapped 3-3 colorless zombie artifact creature token. Uh well, all I can say is that I'm glad Ashnod got a card in the pre-cons.
1: <laughs> oh god, I like I saw this and was like, oh, boy, what the like this is So bad for commander. Like I, I am of the opinion you can make non-broken one-drop commanders that are are fun and good, and even if they're low-powered, because like you can cast them a million times a game, like they're still fun for people. But like, what is what is this? (laughs) Like, like I sack a creature. Okay, so it's a. It's not even whenever I sack a creature. It's like when you attack, you are given the 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 option, the pleasure of sacrificing a creature to get a power stone and, you know, power stones, whatever, you can kind of get them pretty easy in the set and then the activated ability is just like an in, insult. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like, oh my god.
0: Everything I hate like huge, expensive activation costs, uh, exiling my own creature yeah. cards from my
1: <laughs> own graveyard? My, Are why you is serious? It- why is it my graveyard? What the hell? Like terrible, awful, upset. like this is an insult. <laughs> you know, like like I'm just offended by this Ashnod, like as as good as Howard Lyon did on the, the art. I don't I don't it's just okay. Well, we can get to a good mono black commander. Do you want to talk about a really good mono black commander?
0: Yes, I would be very happy to talk about this guy. I'm so Glad this character got a card. It's been a very, very, very long time coming. Uh, This is Gix Yogmoth Praetor. One black black for a 3-3 legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, its controller may pay one life. If they do, they draw a card. And then you can pay four black black black, so seven mana. Discard X cards. Exile the top X cards of target opponent's library. You may play lands and cast spells from among cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. All right. Uh, So this, I mean, it's Black Edric. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, That informs a lot of what the deck is going to look like. Um, You're going to have just a ton of cheap black creatures that are good at getting in. Uh, You're going to have guys with flying, with intimidate, with shadow. Just Things that can connect, and preferably like with a very low curve, so that you can lead into gix after you got a couple guys down. Um, in terms of like some of the the less obvious tech, uh, I thought Font of Agonies was kind of cute. This is a single black oh, yeah. mana for an enchantment. Whenever you pay life, put that many blood counters on Font of Agonies, and then you can pay one in a black to remove four blood counters from Font of Agonies to destroy target creature. So every time you hit with a creature, uh, when, Gith- when Gix is out, you're going to pay with life. You're going to add a counter to the font. And then over the course of the game, you would expect to just get a couple free kill spells off of this.
1: Yeah. Uh, other things that are pretty good here is uh, I forgot the name of it last episode, but it was Larceny. Mm. So Larceny is uh, a five man enchantment. Whenever a creature control deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card from their hand. So you're running this like high density of evasive guys, uh, so and you're you're drawing cards, they're discarding cards. It's great, it's wonderful, right? Um, like Whip of Erebos also is gonna get oh, you yeah, that help, life back, you know?
0: Yeah, help offset all the life you're paying. Um, yeah,
1: because you are gonna go to very very low life totals very quickly. You <laughs> like yep. you're gonna be drawing a bunch of cards. Uh, your hand is gonna be full, your cup overfloweth, but not your life total. So. Mm-hmm. uh might want some way to, <laughs> to get a little bit of that back to keep drawing cards you yes know.
0: uh predator's howl is another card that i thought was appropriate here um this is one in a black for a sorcery until end of turn creatures you control gain menace and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player exile the top card of that player's library face down you may look at and play that card for as long as it remains exiled and you may spend mana as it are mana of any color to cast that spell
1: um, it's surprisingly a card I've seen cast and cast a lot more than I thought I would when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, wow! Well, all right, here we go again."
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is the perfect deck for it. Um, you're gonna have so many evasive dorks, uh, and this is just like draw a bunch of cards for very cheap. Um, and then I love—I really do love this activation on Gix. Like I know, yeah, seven mana discard X card seems ridiculous, but also like the card quality in this deck is so bad like you are i mean you're running a bunch of creatures that you would normally never ever ever run in commander like i twitch like i collector yeah. just like one cost one one flyers um so like you really are gonna have the cards to discard to it and you know your opponents are presumably playing like real commander decks with real commander cards and so like being able to trade your crappy cards for their good ones actually seems like a great deal.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I so there's a friend who was talking to me about about uh, Gix very impassioned. Like, man, I've never seen a a commander where scooping screws you as much as Gix. And I was like, I I think you're fine because even if you like someone scoops in response to your seven, you've d- pitched your hand to kill somebody, and you probably still have a board, so you just attack. The next, next person, turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it's fine. You're good. He's good. They had to make him a little bit like. If gix didn't have something that could screw you over on him, I would have been upset. And I think this is one of the best ways to, to go about it. So that this is just a home run for for this character for me.
0: Yeah, very cool. Definitely want to grab probably a couple copies. Um, a- assuming that at some point in the future. They make some sort of Phyrexian tribal commander. This is going yeah. to be one of the cards you need to run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is just right up there. I also like that he uses minions because that was Gix's whole thing mm-hmm. in all of the stories is Gix has got like sleeper he's, agents and...
0: He's like a chess master or
1: spies. Yeah, so the fact that he's using all these little creatures to get cards and whatnot is like very cool and flavorful. So... Uh, speaking of little creatures that get cards, <laughs> can I read off this next commander? Sure. So this is Felden Ronom Excavator. Uh, this is Felden as a young lad or younger lad. Uh, yeah, a still, still
0: some white in that beard. But.
1: Yeah, he's been old forever. Um, a 2-2 haste, a human artificer for two. So one and a red. So boom, zoom, 2-2 haste coming in. Uh, Felden cannot block. So no blocking with this guy. And whenever Felden is dealt damage, exile that many cards from the top of your library. Choose one of them until end of turn, uh, oh, end of your next turn, sorry, you may play that card. So if he takes damage, then you get to Impulse Draw. Uh, huh. You know what? I don't know. What do you think about this guy? Uh,
0: So I think he's pretty interesting. Um, I want to like... You know, I was surprised when I was like tinkering around with the list, like there's not actually that many like efficient pingers, like just yes. dudes that tap to deal one damage to something like I, I started on a list now, like after, you know, 10 or 15 cards, it, it gets real thin. It um, does. um, So that's an issue that you'll need to work through with this guy. Yeah, literally about ten pingers, huh? Um <laughs> Pyrohemia works really well at like activating him on multiple people's turns, but it's also a big non with your pingers. Uh,
1: oh yeah, it kills everything else.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's a little bit of an issue. It's it's a challenge. It is uh I, I think that like I was thinking that, you know, if you give him indestructible or you slap a, a slagworm armor on him, then you can just run like a bunch of shock and lightning bolt type effects like pinging, like hitting him with a shock getting if, you, if you're looking at two cards and presumably you're going to hit some other piece of gas uh, some other just little burn spell and you could keep it going from there um, so I think that would probably lend itself to some sort of combo list uh, you could run like Gergy God of Storytelling or Stormkill Artist or Runaway Steamkin and try to like get back the red mana you pump into these burn spells and then somehow you win. Well storm thing. and stuff. Yeah. I mean that works if he's indestructible. Mm-hmm. Um but if you're just relying on him like having a big big butt and then I cast a couple spells this turn and a couple spells on your turn, and a couple spells on your turn, um you will certainly be casting or, or like playing a lot of magic, but it's, you know, doesn't, that would not lend itself to storm quite as well. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to remember. There's the card from new Capenna that, um, exile. There's the one that like the damage when you cast things from exile. Um, was that two colors? Um, oh, well. I can't remember off the top of my head now. um, I have to find it again, but yeah, there is like some stuff that because they started printing all of the like Kami of Celebrations, where like uh, you get uh, benefits when you cast spells from Exile. So Kami of Celebration like makes a creature bigger. So like in this deck, you put the counter, you ping Felden, make him bigger. Cast the spell, make him bigger. Ping him, cast a spell. You know stuff like that. Oh, oh, it wasn't. It was a uh, Baldur's uh, Gate. Passion- it
0: was, uh, Passionate yeah, archaeologist there yeah
1: absolutely yeah that was the one i was thinking of and you got like nefalshi um from Baldur's gate also so whenever you cast a spell from exile copy it uh, you may choose new targets for the copy if it's a permanent spell it gains haste and at the beginning of the next end step, sacrifice it so it's just like getting a, a bunch of value so they, they put a few more things in mono red that like give you benefits for casting from exile. I think those just kind of all go in here. But like
0: the rate on passionate archaeologist is so bad. (laughs) So so in this case, like you're trying to, you are presumably trying to cast cheap things from exile. We, we agree on that, right? Yeah, Yeah. 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 So like, you know, you could run your passionate archaeologist and deal like one damage to one opponent off of your shock, or you could just run like a gutter snipe or, you know, one of those many cards. It's like whenever you cast a non-creature spell, deal one damage to each opponent. Um, so so that might be the direction. Maybe that's the win con. Yeah, like Gutter Snipe will get there eventually. Um, it's a little goofy. There, like there are only like three, four ways in this color identity to like give him indestructible via an equipment. Um, there's a couple I mean, ways yeah. to like. To bump up his butt with, like, a slagworm armor or something similar.
1: Yeah. And you you got uh, your, like, goblin engineers and stuff to get them. So, like, it's not, like, you do have some red artifact stuff. You, that you can gamble for them. Yeah, you can gamble for it. So, it's not, like, impossible, but it's not easy. Yeah. And that's anyway, basically I, how I feel about Felden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the end. Uh Let's move on to the next one. I think this is one that you were kind of interested in. So let me read it off and then you can jump right into it.
1: Yeah, my greatest embarrassment this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So this is Mishra Excavation Prodigy. It is two and a red for a 2-1 legendary creature human artificer with haste. One tap, discard a card, draw a card. And whenever you discard one or more artifact cards, add red red. This ability triggers only once each turn. Uh, Tell me about Mishra. How are you breaking this guy?
1: Yeah, so um, as you can kind of see, this is the red mirror to Urza. They both kind of did the same thing when they were kids, and then they get older and do a lot of different things. Um, yeah, thought I, I, so, that's
0: really clever, by the way. I, I really love the mirroring here, like it yeah. sort of show that Mishra is like sort of you know impetuous and like kind of uh, impulsive, uh, like by forcing him to discard first, so just like really clever design i'm quite pleased with it
1: yeah no definitely like a a flavor win there you know um which is this whole set's full of them so um i was trying to find just like a thing to do with this and the problem is like if you're not like going off with mishra you're kind of just like dirtling poorly (laughs) so (laughs) my guess what this deck is doing is that um there's There are obviously with any commander, there's probably four card combos. There's a ton of four card combos with him. But, like, I think what you do end up doing with them right now is like you just have a bunch of artifacts that ramp and things like that. And, like, um, in a similar vein to like how Strephon, Mauro Progenitor, has a bunch of blood that lets you loot. Um, So, if you have your pingers to get blood with Strephon and you don't need any more pingers, you can pitch them. I think that's what you're doing here with Mishra is like. You were looting um, artifacts to cast spells and get mana or generate mana. Uh, and you're like untapping Mishra with uh, honestly a lot of the same things Urza is untapping with <laughs> um, to get these two red and and discard and draw again. Um, something that is notable with Mishra is that like a Hallmarch archive is a lot better in this list because you pitch a card, draw two. Mm-hmm. Uh, where with uh, Urza, you draw two and then pitch a card. So i I guess it depends on like your flavor, <laughs> like how you how you want to see that. I always feel like the drawing two on the back end is like more fun for me, but maybe that's just me. But really, what I thought about with this is that you probably are just winning with like Brawlin and Glinthorn Buccaneer because getting two mana, it's pretty easy to untap Mishra with something, uh, copy the activation with a Kerkesh or uh, Rings of Brighthearth or something like that. You're playing a lot of artifacts that are going to tap for mana. Um, so I think that was one thing that I was seeing to go with Like, it's just this machine that builds and builds that helps you find it's other pieces but honestly the deck also might just be like big red with like big artifacts in Eldrazi because you're playing all the mana rocks, you're getting mana pretty quickly with Mishra um, and you're just going to have these big spells that are going to end up winning the game for you because um, the, the mana isn't limited to um artifacts it's just you only get it with artifacts so maybe you just start casting an it that betrays with this deck so that's kind of where i'm at i like couldn't figure out like a perfect mishra combo engine it seemed like it was like uh there's too many moving pieces to be like really consistent in red if that makes sense yeah
0: and it is not easy to untap him in this color identity. uh, and also like the the fact that it is mana ability only triggers once each turn limits what you can do like.
1: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely true. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because I was th- like, and, and uh, until I see that restriction, I was thinking like, oh, maybe you could do something with like an umbral mantle and like, but no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, maybe, I mean, there it might be something I wish there were. I guess you could run like other rummagers which unfortunately there are not a ton of
1: yeah Um, i know why they stingy on the rummaging i know very very very
0: very shameful Mm -hmm. um but you could run some other rummagers and like ways to utilize the mana on opponent's turns maybe like have a bunch of cyclers it is hmm what maybe there's something like granting is is there anything that like grants cycling to your cards in this color identity?
1: Um, there's the tight, te- the tectonic, something rather. Yeah. That like your lands have cycling.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, not that many artifact lands in this color. Yeah. Identity.
1: You got um, two, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: or maybe just like how many artifacts are there with cycling?
1: Not many. Um, not many. I think it's, like, nine. I think it's something like that. Um, mm. so it's, it's, that's what I mean. Like, I kept, like, bashing my, I'd go down a route and be like, no, nope. And then I'd go down another route and be like, no. Nope. <laughs> <And laughs> I kind of just ended up here with this mishmash of, like, these things could work, but they don't work well. Um, that said, like, so Felden and Mishra both seem, like, Fun because you're just kind of like Dirdling. Yeah, you're dirtling. You're like playing a mini game with yourself that like no one else is playing. Like, can I get cards? <laughs> can I make this work? <laughs> um, and I always like that kind of stuff. Like, a little bit not straightforward is fun for me. If I have to like solve a problem I gave myself, it's uh rewarding. But this is definitely not a high powered <laughs> commander. <laughs> um but I guess we can move on we're into the green ones i don't know if there's anything you want to try and find before we get get moving or no
0: i'm happy to move on uh this next one is actually pretty sweet um so this is gwenna eyes of gaia it is two and a green for a two three legendary creature elf druid scout uh it has tap add two mana in any combination of colors spend this mana only to cast creature spells or activate abilities of a creature or creature card And whenever you cast a creature spell with power five or greater, put a one counter on Gwena Eyes of Gaia and untap it. Uh, This is really sweet. I mean, it's very reminiscent of um, Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the sense that, like, you want creatures with high power, but, like, relatively low cost. um, And it's pretty easy to get a combo going. Like, um, there's just a lot of you know three and four mana green creatures that have ridiculously high power so if you can just like reduce that a little bit further or cheat it a little bit then you get to the point where your creatures are mana neutral um so like you know cloud key emerald medallion vronas's monument semblance Anvil, Tangle root um lay line of abundance all of these things are going to get you to the point where gwenna is basically uh paying things for free. Defiler of from Dominary Ignited also helps with this. Um, and then there are just a ton of, of course, like ways to draw cards when you play creatures in green. Uh, you have the Great Henge, you have Guardian Project, you have Beast Whisper, And because this deck is specifically focused on creatures with high power, you also have access to things like Elemental Bond, Garak's Uprising, Kavu Lair, uh, Garak's Pack Leader. There's a ton of ways to like keep the combo going. Once you have like one sort of cost reducer and one card draw engine, you can probably just like spin off from there and you end up churning through a huge amount of your deck, and then at some point uh at, at some point you draw the crater hoof.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's, uh, that's how green do it. <laughs> that is how yeah. green do it. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think this is cool. I I agree. I think this is like if you enjoyed Goreclaw, or maybe Goreclaw wasn't quite what you were looking for. Maybe this guy is. You know, like you get to play with a lot of similar cards, but you're playing with them in a very different uh like style. So, um, I don't know. I listeners, let us know what you think. The deck is rad. The deck seems like a blast.
0: You know. Yes, we have a uh, list in the episode description if you want to check that out. Um. And uh just without looking, really quick, uh what do you think the Great Henge is at currently in terms of dollar? God.
1: Oh, it's is it like sixty bucks or is it? I'm going to say sixty. I'm I'm sticking to it.
0: Ah, uh, okay. It's 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 only fifty six. Oh, <laughs> right.
1: it's, it's only fifty
0: six. Only fifty six. Okay. Still, yeah, still very affordable. If anyone out there wants to use uh, the Commander Theory affiliate link for TCG Player,
1: mm, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that one. Yeah, um,
0: the three uh, percent surcharge will get uh actually adds up when you're buying a lot of great hinges i'll say that much yeah
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you want to get into the next uh next commander
0: yes uh so the next one is titan titania titania mm-hmm. titania mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those yeah, yeah, uh well. nature's force Four green green for a six six legendary creature elemental you may play forests from your graveyard Whenever a forest enters the battlefield under your control, create a five-three green elemental creature token. And whenever an elemental you control dies, you may mill three cards. Uh, this is pretty cool. I mean, it's mono-green landfall. Um, better, uh, arguably better than Green Sleeves. Um, Green—it's extremely similar for certain. Um, yeah. so, so Green Sleeves was one of the uh, like bonus commanders in Dominaria United. And uh, she is three, uh, three green green for a star star power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. Protection for planeswalkers and wizards. Um, and whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a three three green badger creature token. So big body makes tokens when land in the battlefield. Main difference is this version is a little bit more expensive, a little bit smaller, and allows you to play forests from your graveyard.
1: And but, the tokens are bigger got two more power on them you know
0: yeah but after playing with uh hazes on tomorrow a lot recently um the playing forest from your graveyard is actually a pretty significant benefit um i mean yeah it doesn't work with like fetches or something but if you know if you're running this deck you're probably running a lot of the things that give you additional land drops and then Mm-mm-mm. it's probably worth it for you to run land sack outlets so that you can like I sack basically so that you can use up all of your additional land drops every single turn uh and get just that many more five threes.
1: Yeah. No, that's basically what I was thinking too. I think the the only thing I really wanted to mention about this card is uh how similar it is to the other titania lists because you're running a lot of like land Sack outlets you're running a lot of play multiple land card. like you're you're playing a lot of the same things so it's gonna play a little bit differently because you care more about it's it's more additive than old titania but like the gameplay is gonna be like eerily similar if you're someone who's played with uh, the titania 1.0 well,
0: I'm glad that they've printed the definitive version of Titania. Like, mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. don't think they're going to top this one. So let's just move on and say, like, you know, Titania, great job. Uh, we'll, we'll call it there.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to read off this next commander?
0: Yes. This next one is Titania, Voice of Gaia. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's one green green for a 3-4 legendary creature elemental with reach. Uh, whenever one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere, you gain two life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are four or more land cards in your graveyard and you both own and control Titania, Voice of Gaia, and a land named Argoth, Sanctum of Nature, exile them, then meld them into Titania, Gaia, Incarnate. And then, I'm not, I'm not going to read off Argoth, Sanctum of Nature, we'll get to that in the main set review, uh, but Titania, Gaia, Incarnate is a legendary creature, Elemental Avatar, Star Star. With Vigilance, Reach, Trample, and Haste, Titania, Gaia, incarnates. power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. When Titania enters the battlefield, return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped, and then you can pay three and a green to put four plus one plus one counters on target land you control. It becomes a zero-zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. Well, uh, a <laughs> lot of text.
1: Yeah, A uh,
0: huge amount of text. I will say the important parts of this card or rather the one important part of this card is when the flipped Titania enters a battlefield, return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tap. Uh, out of all the words I just read, those are the ones that are most exciting to me. And I think that like, uh, I, like I don't really care that the first half of Titania, like, gain some life sometimes that's fine it'll keep me alive a little bit longer make it a little bit easier for me to get the the main show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but really this deck is all about getting lands into your graveyard by any means necessary uh i'm gonna run hermit druid i'm gonna run cycling lands i'm gonna run fetch lands i'm gonna run mesmeric orb uh i'm gonna run like land sacrificers like harrow roiling regrowth spring bloom Mm -hmm. druid elvish reclaimer crop rotation scapeshift uh, I'm I'm doing everything I can. I'm gonna run lands that sacrifice themselves, like strip mine or um demolition
1: quarter, field, demolition field. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, any of them,
0: all that stuff. And yeah, I'm just going to try to get the max value out of splendid reclamation in the command zone. Oh, and and of course, you're gonna need non-basic land tutors to find your Argoth, because half your yes. commander is hidden somewhere in your deck. Yeah, how do you feel about the amount of work to get the meld off relative to the payoff?
1: Uh I think it's actually pretty easy. I feel like you got like a fabled passage a fetch uh you got a ghost quarter, you know, like you harrowed one turn. It's not hard to do that in green. You're even like running like hermit druids with like a bunch of non-basics and stuff. Dude hit your land drops and get stuff in your graveyard. So I, I don't think it's that hard. Uh, and then tutoring for the land, whatever. I got to tutor for a land before I can. So I think this meld is good and fine. Um, okay. If you want to jump through this hoop to have a funny meld commander, you will be able to do that. It's not crazy competitive, you know, like, this is gonna just be kind of a splashy, fun mono green commander for creature for players who want like to put the two cards next to each other. You know, I don't I don't think this is particularly stronger or weaker than most mono green commanders we get these days, if that's anything. You know, like if you if you answer the question Titania is asking, and, and you're gonna gain a lot of life along the way, so I think that's the one reason that's there, is so that while you're dirtling and like just messing around with your lands like you are gonna be at like a semi-reasonable life total while they're just beating the crap out of you (laughs) um well the table is at least so i think this is this is fine you know this is all of these commanders so far that we talked about with the exception of like uh gix and drafna i feel like are like oh i guess in mural um no, no, Lauren, I guess White got some good stuff too. A lot of these commanders are like this medium, like medium level, just like could sit at any commander table commanders. And I feel like this is also one of those, you know? Okay. Like it's splashy, but it's not like you're not, you're still going to be able to play with the homies if you sit down with a Titanic. You're not going to get like, it's not a trap like some commanders are.
0: Uh, I'm just a little low on this because like, the meld trigger on this one is much slower than the other meld commanders in this set. Oh, so this yeah. This one triggers at the beginning of your upkeep, so it's definitely a case of like everyone sees exactly what is going to happen. Like barring mm-hmm. a barring a crop rotation, everyone sees exactly what's going to happen and has to like you know uh give you the nod <laughs> before, <laughs> in order for yeah. this to go off. And um whereas, like you know, if you give your Mishra haste, you can make it happen the turn you play him. Yeah, if that's you, true. If you have enough mana, you can make Urza flip the turn you play him. Titania is the one that, like, I I need the consent of the entire table. Like, here I'm going to pass out a form. Everyone just sign <laughs> on the dotted line so that I can actually do what my deck is supposed to do. Like,
1: yeah, I'm trying uh, to think of like, am I scared of the f- Titania I'm, flipping.
0: I'm scared of Splendid Reclamation. Like, if, like, bare minimum, they're getting four lands, and you yeah. know, it's probably going to be more than that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I am scared of that. And like, the the problem with it is like, um, there's just not much to do with Titania other than Flipper. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> like okay, I've got a three, four, I can block your flyers so good, man. You don't want to yeah. mess with me.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I got um, a three mana th- three four reach. Watch out! Yeah, uh,
0: dude, look. You, what do you think this does on the vanilla test? Okay, it Just <laughs> obliterates it, aces it, boom, easy,
1: boom, and uh, them gaining life, insane.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, uh, I'm not crazy about it relative to the other ones. Like, I think Urza just like, even if, uh, know. we'll, I
1: don't yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get much, to that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. We, we.
0: I think he like offers a lot of value on his just the base case of him without even going through the trouble of melding him. I don't know if that's true of Titania.
1: I agree with that statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: But let's move on. We got more to get through.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Uh, Next is Harbin Vanguard Aviator. Uh, This is blue white for a three, two legendary creature, human soldier with flying. Whenever you attack with five or more soldiers, Creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain flying until end of turn. Uh and for those who don't know, um this is the son of Caleb bin Krug and either Urza or Mishra. One of them.
1: Yeah, we're not sure. Yeah. Um I think he dies in the giant explosion, so it's okay. He, he, he do die. He do die. Um yeah, what do you so what do you wanna say about him? I mean, what what kind of deck is this? <laughs>
0: uh so well i mean he's cheap uh the evasion comes in handy for a tribe that's like typically does not have it It's pretty terrestrial um i think that like given how efficiently you can generate soldiers you'll probably be able to trigger him from like turn four or five onwards um and blue is like pretty good support color for a tribal deck uh even though like Blue soldiers are not a thing, like entirely invented in the Brothers' War. Um, like, just having access to blue counterspells uh, gives you, like, really good answers to board wipes that would otherwise, like, suplex you. Um, and given that, like, Harbin is giving your guys flying, like, Biden of Thassa, Coastal Piracy, those kinds of effects become pretty good. Uh, I think it's pretty neat. Alternative to Murel for Soldier Tribal, it is also unfortunate that it's like kind of slow. Like both of them, both even though Harbin is cheaper, like he really doesn't do his thing until like turn four or five, which is basically the same turn Mural starts going off.
1: The one thing about him that is cool is that he adds blue to your soldier deck. I, I think Mural is just it's just kind of better, even though it's mono white, you know. But I think bl- what blue does is it kind of adds like quote strategy to soldiers because like the flavor of soldiers has always been like you set up and you have tactics and you're you're like a, a smart fighting force deploying your little guys like in the most effective way but that isn't how it has played out. It's usually just like make guy smash <laughs> um, where Harbin kind of like putting blue in the mix lets you be a little tricky. You get your like counter spells to counter wraths you get your draw spells you can like tap their guys down um you know there's like a little bit more that you can do with it um so if that's kind of like i'm playing soldiers and i have a little bit of like techie support sounds fun to you then i guess harbin is probably where i would go for that adding a color is no no joke you know you get uh, a whole bunch of cards you can play with now it's crazy. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about him. I don't know if you want to keep keep going or keep uh, on I moving. Think,
0: uh, I think let's move on because it's going to take a lot of time to, talk to about this read next off guy. this next one. Even just to yeah. read it. Yeah. Um, so this next card is either Harbin's father or uncle. Uh, this is Urza, Lord Protector. Uh, one white blue for a 2-4 legendary creature human artificer artifact instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast and you could pay seven if you both own and control urza lord protector and an artifact named the might stone and weak stone exile them then meld them into urza planeswalker activate only as a sorcery urza planeswalker is a legendary planeswalker urza it is blue white it starts with seven loyalty You may activate the loyalty abilities of Urza Planeswalker twice each turn rather than only once. Uh, Plus two, artifact, instant, and sorcery spells you cast this turn cost two less to cast. You gain two life. Plus one, draw two cards, then discard a card. Zero, create two 1-1 colorless soldier artifact creature tokens. Minus three, exile target non-land permanent. And minus ten, artifacts and Planeswalkers you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Destroy all non-land permanents wow
1: that's a lot of words <laughs> so um it's like a whole book like on it's crazy <laughs> uh
0: so honestly i don't care that much about melding i think that like the easiest way to win with urza lord protector is just go sensei divining top and future Sight or mystic forge or the reality chip etc 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 and just draw your deck um and that's probably like a much faster way to win than trying to get Urza to ascend. I know people are going to try to make Urza ascend because it—that's obviously very cool. Uh, but I, I think that like eh, just just play it like it's a oh what's her name the the Jeskai um,
1: oh um, Narset no no not no. Narset
0: oh. uh, but well you can play it like a Sten paranoid partisan I guess oh okay um, yeah, I got you. Uh, in fact, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird that like we just got Sten in the last set, and this is extremely similar in the same color identity, but uh, certainly better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, definitely better. I I agree with that. Just that the fact that he gives you like the option to become this like nightmare planeswalker, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <is, laughs> Is is pretty good. So you're like, "Mm, game plan one isn't working. What if I just exile two of your things? (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh uh-oh. Um, so I really don't know how much more there's to say about Urza, he's just like very good.
0: Yep. Um, Uh I I think we can pass it along to the next card, which is Urza, Prince of Krug. Yeah. Uh, Two white blue for a two, three legendary creature, human artificer. Artific sorry, artifact creatures you control get plus two plus two and you can pay six to create a token that's a copy of target artifact you control, except it's a 1-1 soldier creature in addition to its other types. All right, I had a lot of trouble with that one. Why don't you take it away?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. So um, I think what you're going to end up doing with Urza is... So, I mean, first you're you're making tokens and dirtling and stuff like that, and six is a lot, but six isn't so much that you can't just go infinite with it. So um, if you have, like... A permanent that makes enough mana, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it has haste. So, like, let's say Lightning Greaves, or um, I guess just Lightning Greaves in this color, huh? So, um, you can just kind of go off and get infinite one ones that make a bunch of mana. And if you have like an Intruder Alarm or something like that, um, you're really going off. Uh, if you have, uh, I mean, you're in you're in white. Blue, so there's there's a lot of ways to untap all your guys. So, the the main one I think uh, that Nick mentioned was Power Stone Shard. So, this is a card from Dominaria, uh, the set that uh taps for enough as much colorless mana as there are Power Stone shards. So, as long as you are okay with like getting moving, maybe like you pay six to copy a Thran Dynamo. So, now you got six, you make a Power Stone Shard co- token, you got a lot, you make two tokens all of a sudden you're going infinite you know so this is kind of like an exercise in uh white blue artifact mana production (laughs) Mm this set i think you can go infinite i was trying to think of other ones i think doubling cube goes infinite if you have enough in the pool to start it um
0: if you're a high roller metal worker can get there mm -hmm. yeah yeah, metal worker yeah
1: yeah exactly and then there's also just like little things you can do to make it cheaper you got your um training training grounds rounds, and yeah and the heartstone if you really want to go uh help well, everybody
0: you know actually the neat thing about heartstone
1: is eventually i mean you can
0: just keep copying heartstone
1: oh that's and, true huh? <laughs> and eventually yeah, yeah. that'll
0: uh i mean it'll get it down to one mana and then you can go and with like anything
1: yeah that's, um, <laughs> that's true then that turn down really is going up um, uh,
0: but so like that's kind of the combo route just like like crazy amounts of mana rocks, a lot of weird cards, uh, but you can also just like build around the first ability. Um,
1: oh yeah, like there's a lot of yeah.
0: That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus two, plus two is like typically, uh, you know, kind of the minimum we look for in uh like power buffing a go wide strategy needs in commander. Um, so just run a bunch of like artifact creatures and artifact token generators and turn them sideways and and you'll probably do okay like tempered steel in the command zone is not is not terrible
1: no absolutely not tempered steel with the combo potential like casting a sram's expertise four mana get three one one servo artifact creature tokens casting a three drop and then having like nine power (laughs) (laughs) after all of this that seems pretty good and pretty fun to me so um like angel of invention like fabricate two, so when it enters you can make two servos it also is a 2-1 flying vigilance lifelink that pumps your creatures plus one plus one so like same like making what one two plus four eight nine, yeah it's like 10 power for five mana pretty good you know so there's a lot of things that do stuff like that um so if you just want to beat face and then if that doesn't Work you win with your combo <laughs> mm-hmm. that seems pretty good to me too there's also just like uh all the normal white blue artifact stuff you got your like um ether sworn canonists to like prevent other people from doing stuff your foundry inspectors and your found uh, chief of the foundries to cheapen your artifacts and pump them you got uh your just a bunch of stuff coastal piracies and stuff if you're making a bunch of tokens and going wide um so yeah this it seems cool seems fun if you're into like i my my standard deck at this point in time was a tempered steel deck and i always loved it so this deck kind of has a soft spot in my heart for uh having honestly pretty similar gameplay to that deck so if you are like me really like tempered steel this is gonna appeal to you even if you're not going to combo with it um and with that said you want to get into uh the brother this is uh the other yes. the other bro in the bro set
0: all right uh this is mishra claimed by gix two black red for a three five legendary creature phyrexian human artificer uh, whenever you attack each opponent loses x life and you gain x life where x is the number of attacking creatures If Mishra claimed by Gix and a creature named Phyrexian Dragon Engine are attacking and you both own and control them, exile them, then meld them into Mishra lost to Phyrexia, Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. And then Mishra lost to Phyrexia is a 9-9 black-red legendary artifact creature Phyrexian artificer. Whenever Mishra lost to Phyrexia enters the battlefield or attacks, choose three Target opponent discards two cards. Mishra deals three damage to any target. Destroy target artifact or planeswalker. Creatures you control gain menace and trample until end of turn. Creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Or create two tapped power stone tokens. That's that's a lot of words. There's so uh. many <laughs> words
1: there. <laughs> um, so I think it's really funny that like if I build a Mishra claim by Gix deck that it kind of stops working if I turn it into Lost to Phyrexia. Mm -hmm. Mishra, like the, like obviously having a nine nine commander is kind of cool and like killing a bunch of stuff and you discard two cards, shrink all the boards, kill all the saplings, get in there, you know, like that's fun, fun, fair magic. That's fun gameplay. But like, I probably am building around that, that first trigger on the face of Mishra, you know, the fir- the front face at least, because that's fun and cool and good,
0: <laughs> and also like doesn't require you to find your Phyrexian Dragon engine. Like, yeah, it it is a. I think that's a good point. The fact that like the two halves of this card don't really want the same cards in their deck. Mm-hmm. Um, first, like the first mode of Vish- Mishra is definitely like go wide have a bunch of guys, turn them all sideways, like maybe spend your life on something. And then this second version is just like, well, I mean, he's extremely close to like Voltron kill. Yeah. It's, it's just like almost as tall as you can go. You could really just like uh tainted strike. Boom. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Strange tension there. I think that like, it's a, would you say, would you say that this is like the easiest of the meld cards to flip?
1: I think so. I think this Mishra, like Mishra, if, if you want to meld your commander, I think this is like more than Brisella, more than, than any of the meld things, this is probably the easiest one. And honestly, like, I feel like this is one of the most fun because you're absolutely taking game actions here. You're like, all right, attack you, you lose this life and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm. Flippin' Mishra, now he entered the battlefield, so I'm going to make you discard your last two cards. I'm going to blow that... You know, like, you're just having a blast and, like, making decisions. So I I do think if you are specifically looking for a meld commander, like, that's what you want to do, I would say Mishra is probably the one I would go to for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, definitely. Uh, all right, next. Let's... I, I mean well did you want to say anything else on the subject of mishra are you happy to move on to the next one
1: no i'm good to move on to the next one so this next card yeah yeah yeah, it's mishra (laughs) tamer of Makfawa. so uh this is a four four human artificer uh he is black red so he costs five mana three black red um he has permanence you control have ward sacrifice a permanent so that's this is pretty good and then each artifact card in your graveyard has unearthed one black red. So this is a four, four human artificer that protects your stuff, gives all your artifacts unearth, uh, and is doing it in like the Rakdos color identity. So you got like a bunch of bunch of, I don't know. You're, you're doing some funny stuff because of this color identity. I feel like, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not really like if this was blue, You'd be able to cheat the unearth exiling clause pretty easily but but you're not. <laughs> yeah so you gotta think about it a little bit.
0: there There are like a handful of things you can do in order to cheat this. Um, you can use sundial the infinite to end the turn bef- like with the unearth uh, exile trigger on the stack. Um, you can use a golden Argosy or a conjurer's closet to exile your guys, you could use a cold storage or an endless sands to exile them and then um put them back in eventually. But not not a ton of, of ways to do it. So really like you're just kind of hoping to get there on value and not care about like the long term reuse of things.
1: I mean and you and you will certainly get value. Like this is uh-huh. uh a lot honestly like this is the kind of ward that like is really worth it. Like some of the wards that are mana intensive, like four or whatever comes into play sometimes, but usually like the one and two ward one and two, not that big of a deal. I mean, it is, you still have to play around it, but it's not like that thing is if someone wants it dead, it's going to die. This is like, you got like, you're kind of really getting screwed if Like someone's only packing spot removal. Like, They just are going to have the worst time Mm -hmm. dealing with all of your crap. So that's pretty strong. So uh,
0: that being said, like it is a five mana commander and you'd need additional mana kind of for it to do anything. So it's like I play this, maybe I accelerate into it. Maybe I get out turn four, turn five. I actually get to start doing things like it is slow. It's going to be a slow commander. Um, but that being said, like, you know, there is a lot of setup required, I think for this to be really good. Oh, like yeah, you need absolutely. to have, uh, you need to have a lot of discard outlets. You need to have, um, you know, like buried alive effects or in tomb effects. Uh, I, ideally you have like, you know, maybe a sneak attack or a flame shadow conjuring. There's just, or, or like a conjurer's closet or, or something like there's just a lot of pieces to make the, to make this work better. Uh, and so like having a little bit of extra time to set up in the early game is not the worst thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, agree with that. So yeah, interesting, interesting commander. Um, I like that both the Mishras are, uh, Rakdos and both the Urzas are Azorius. That's, it's pretty rad, Mm -hmm. pretty rad, pretty cool um and we're we're nearing the end of our list we got a few honestly i was actually surprised at how many of these well we'll get to them which ones are in the set quote quote and which ones are in the boosters but um do you want to talk about this next one i feel like both of us don't have a lot to say about it
0: yeah uh this next one is hajar loyal bodyguard it is red green for a three three legendary creature human soldier you can sacrifice hajar and legendary creatures you control get plus one plus O oh, and gain indestructible until end of turn um so this looks like it wants you to play red green legends uh you would you got to start with bard class bard class is like the perfect card
1: <laughs> it's the first card you should put in this list it's so cool. yeah uh,
0: so bard glass for those who aren't familiar with it is it's red green for an enchantment class uh legendary creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on them you can pay red green to move it to level two. And from there, uh, legendary spells you cast cost red green less to cast. This effect reduces the only amount of colored mana you pay. And then three red green, level three. Whenever you cast a legendary spell, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. So this deck, uh, in order to get any benefit from the sacrifice ability at all, you probably want a ton of legends. Uh, and so class seems fantastic here but really it's just you're going to run like recce the history of Kamigawa maybe some other like historic stuff Um and I think like you would probably run some of the red symmetrical board wipes and just use Hajar to break the symmetry on them so like oh my guys are indestructible so you have fun dealing with this blasphemous act that kind of thing
1: mm-hmm and there, there are a decent amount. So like lately there's been a lot of like five mana deal fives, but they get rid of indestructible. So that's kind of sad, but there's also some that don't do that. You know, there, there are red board wipes that, um, that do that. I feel like chain reaction is actually pretty good in this list because like you were trying to go wide with Hajar and all your legends. Um, so at bare minimum, it's going to be dealing like what, like three or four on top of whatever your opponents have. So at that point that card starts to be like really good for four mana. Um so yeah, there's there's stuff, there's tech um and honestly I, I'm I'm done with <laughs> the joker <laughs> if you want to move on to the next one. All right, this next one is uh Thanos the
0: Toymaker. Um so this is three green blue for a 3/5 legendary creature human artificer. Whenever you cast a beast or bird creature spell, you may copy it, except the copy is an artifact in addition to its other types. Um, and the copy becomes a token. Uh, this one's kind of funny because we actually, in our last episode, or rather, the one before our the brothers war precons, um, we were just talking about how we needed a better beast tribal commander. So we got it. Wizards uh, listen to us immediately turned around and shoved one into the brother's war just to make us happy. Uh, great job wizards. Thanks for the quick turnaround time on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but let, let's talk about this deck. Um, so lots of beasts in green. Uh, this, it absolutely needed to have green in its color identity. Yeah, that's absolutely. kind of what the deck ended up mostly being. Yeah.
1: There's um, not as someone who, so, I have a uh, an Azorius casual sixty card birds deck, but that's pretty easy to do when you only you can run four of a card. Not easy to do <laughs> in Commander. There's not a lot of good birds, so yeah, I feel like the beasts are going to take up a lot more of the space here.
0: Definitely. Um. So a lot of powerful ones. Uh. Like, I, I mean, there's things, of course, like Craterhoof Behemoth, but even just stuff like, uh, you know. Kendrick's Tom Power is not terrible. Manglehorn is it's pretty good. You have access to some good... Um, you have access to some good changelings, like Masked Vandal. Uh, Realm Walker is kind of funny, because... Uh, so Realm Walker, 2 and a green for a 2-3, shapeshifter with changeling. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library, and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So if you cast this with uh, Tano's out, You get a copy. You can have the one copy come in as a name bird and the other one named beast. Uh, So even though your deck is two tribes, you can get both of them covered with Realm Walker. Uh, Oh, that's
1: fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Other neat synergies. um, Like there are a decent number of mutate cards uh, in this color identity and in these tribes, actually. Um, And mutate works really, really well with copying spells. So for example, um, let's say you want to do a migratory great horn or whatever. Um, so you mutate your migratory great horn for a two and a green onto any non-human creature. Um, and then the, your tanos is going to trigger. It'll make a copy. The copy comes in, mutates onto that creature. You get, uh, the mutate trigger. So when this creature mutates, search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tap and then search your library. Then the original one resolves. If you mutate it onto the same creature, uh, then you have two instances of that mutate trigger. Uh, so in total, you're spending three mana and getting three basic lands onto the battlefield tapped. And that works well for like the other mutate triggers in this color identity. If you have like an auspicious star X, um, you, you know, that one's mutate for five and a green. Whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile X permanent cards, where X is the number of times this creature is mutated. Put those permanent cards on the battlefield. Uh, so doing that three times is pretty solid. Uh, or actually, like even more, because it's the number of times this creature is mutated. So you get mm-hmm. it once, mm-hmm. and then you mutate again, and you get two instances of that ability uh, that are both doing X two. So you get yeah. five
1: things. It's, the card is like actually really impressed me like playing with it. Like I played with it in a mutate deck, but I've been like into it in general. You end up with like a crap ton of free cards. Basically, it's pretty wild.
0: Yeah. So, so there's other mutate cards with like good mutate triggers to keep an eye on. Uh, Sawtusk Demolisher is kind of like a beast within uh, or like has a mutate trigger. That's kind of like a beast within souvenir snatcher. Uh, just steals artifacts off of its mutate trigger. Yeah, very good. Yeah, all of them are pretty solid when you're doing them like three or more times. Um, So just something to keep in mind. Um, There's, we have a list in the episode description if you want to just take a look at it. A lot of beasts tend to be big. So consider running like Return of the Wild Speaker, Rishkar's Expertise, Hunter's Prowess, Hunter's Insight, those kinds of cards. Um just to help you refill your hand. But honestly, like the curve is pretty high in this deck. And yes. you tend to like cast maybe one big spell per turn and have that be enough. Um
1: mm-hmm. I mean it's it's funny because like even if your one big spell is like an owl bear or something like that, like you got eight power of trample on the board, you drew two cards, you spent five mana if someone deals with it like next turn you cast and like an Elgar
0: Gargaroth or something
1: like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it really like doesn't make you you, next turn you cast your rampaging Bayloss, drop a land get a bunch of four fours like it it, you really are okay with like doing one thing a turn and then if no one stops you you just will eventually just go way over the top of everybody Mm
0: -hmm. uh I will say that I think I think Tominos is kind of overcosted. I really think like given that it's like similar to, uh, Mishra in that it's like a five mana commander that requires you to then untap and spend more mana for it to do anything. Like what you're doing is not that powerful. Um, (laughs) I I think this, this would have been fine at four mana, maybe even like fine at three mana, uh, just kind of weird that it's so gosh darn expensive.
1: Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I'm I'm really into this guy. I think this is really cool. So, if listener you uh were into if you had um Simic bird and beast tribal on your your checklist for Brothers War, cross it off and uh and uh, I think we can probably move on to the next one cuz he's I, I don't know. Tannus is cool. Tuanus from the set Old Thanos when he was happy. <laughs> this next one i actually don't have a lot to say about i don't know if you do but can i read her off uh yeah go ahead and read her off so this is queen kayla Bin krug uh so she is a two three human noble for three mana one red white so she is a boros human noble uh she has one just doozies of an activated ability it's four tap discard all the cards in your hand then draw that many cards. You may choose an artifact or creature card with mana value 1. You discarded this way. Then do the same for artifact or creature cards with mana value 2 and 3. Return those cards to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. So, um, pitch your hand, and you can bring a 1, 2, and 3 drop artifact or creature onto the battlefield. Um, so, some just notes before we get really deep into it. Like, if you copy this ability, you do pitch and draw again, but if you hit all three, like let's say you have seven cards, you pay four, copy it, um, pitch your hand, get a one, two, and three drop. So now you have four cards in hand. So you pitch four, draw, it's really unlikely you're going to have a one, two, and three drop again within the four cards. Um, mm-hmm. So there are diminishing returns on copying this ability. Um the i was doing a bunch of like hypergeometric calculation on this and it was like i didn't know like i could get the numbers to work but then i'm like but then what do i play that costs like two that i want like is this eggs am i like winning with k clan ironworks again like i wasn't sure what to do with this i don't know if you have any ideas i
0: i think that like the fact that it allows you to be both artifact and creature i think you can get there I think, um, cause yeah, that, you know, if you put a gun to my head and told me to like fill out my deck with enough one mana value creatures, uh, to like consistently hit off this, I would be unalived for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that like the fact that, oh, okay, I can, you know, soul ring counts for this skull clamp counts for this. Um, uh, even just like, Random crappy bobbles and eggs work for this. Um, I think we'll be okay there. I think that you can fill it out. There's just enough artifacts that like are mana rocks or that sack to draw cards. Uh, that even if you're having difficulty like filling out any of this part of the curve, I think you can get there. The real question is like, are you going to draw them in the proportions you want, or are you going to get three? three drops in your new five card hand or something. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge to get like full value consistently. Uh, it's, I mean, it is nice that it's a discard outlet. Like your Goblin Welder is going to get a ton of work out of this card. But also like, um, yeah, well, I, I guess that like white, it, it's tricky to uh go for the reanimation angle or like go for like the really playing out of your graveyard angle because to lean into that is to give up on just like hitting the 1 2 and 3 every single time and like getting mm-hmm. your mana back on the activation.
1: Yeah, that was kind of where I was at too cuz like I do love like wheeling uh and there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that. So like this was one where I just did not have enough time to sit with like this is the kind of commander that like I'll sit with for a few months, figure out what I want to do and then like build it, but it has not been a few months. it's been like a few weeks since cuz she was one of the first cards that we saw spoiled from the set and I still just have not had enough time but you know yeah.
0: that's I'll say this this is a really weird commander in that it just kind of requires you to spend all of your tempo every single turn activating her at sorcery speed. Like yes, you yeah. are really putting shields down and going all in on this. um, And that is going to prevent you from like doing that much interaction. It's going to prevent you from like pursuing other avenues with your deck other than just like, I'm going to get a little bit of value off my commander every single turn. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of like, uh, Geth Lord of the Vault in that sense. In, in oh, that, yeah. Like, uh-huh. If you're doing the thing, then you're doing the thing, and your deck just doesn't have anything else going on.
1: Yeah, no, I I actually agree with that very much. You're just kind of like paying for every turn, getting value. Oh, I got Wrath. Okay, well, cast Kayla for five. Pass. Like, <laughs> uh... yeah,
0: getting her killed just seems so devastating. Mm-hmm. Um yeah ouch um but I, I don't have a ton more to say about her um yeah yeah um I, i'm happy to move on
1: i'm trying to um the i forgot the name of the card that i was going to talk about with this the in the great machine but we'll, we'll get to it's not next, okay Everyone listening, this is going to make more sense as I talk about Takasia Digsite Mentor. So uh, Takasia is uh, the person who taught Urza and Mishra out in the desert, digging up some Thran stuff. Um, So Takasia Digsite Mentor, is four mana. She's Bant Color Identity, so she costs one green, white, blue. She's a 4-3 human artificer. And she has two abilities. The first one is Creatures You Control Have Vigilance and Tap. Surveil one, and the second ability is actually from the graveyard. So when she's in your graveyard, you can pay uh, two green, green, white, white, blue, blue, and exile Takasia Digsite Mentor from your graveyard. Uh, then you can return any number of target artifact cards with mana value ten or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight mana. <laughs> 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 to get a bunch of stuff back or 10 mana worth of stuff back um so a thing about this that's uh pretty pretty easy to do um you can with 10 mana get back a uh salvaging station six mana a grinding station two mana uh and just like a uh, Scrabbling Claw or whatever that Living Weapon 1-1 Oh, yeah, yeah. Is.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: And just win. And that's just one of probably like a million. You could probably get back like KCI. I keep mentioning KCI, but like it's an artifact set. So you guys got to deal with it. Get back a Quark Clan Ironworks and like some other stuff and get a loop going. You could probably get back if you want a flavorful one. You could probably get back like Suchi and Ashnod's Altar and uh, Nim Death Mantle and go off that way and have some other like mana because the third card like uh there's a lot of stuff you can get back so basically what takasya seems like to me is that you like traumatize yourself get to eight mana and win the game <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that seems uh like a pretty reasonable thing like there's enough just artifact combos that with mana value 10 or less that if you get half your deck in and- in your lot le- in your graveyard then I'm sure you can yeah, you hit can, one of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh I do apologize. There's a lot of cards and combos that I went over very quickly just now um that we don't necessarily have time to go into. I do recommend you go back and listen to our common combos episode. Um that's a good one also, for uh uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: yes yes you can also check out uh commander's spellbook and oh yeah uh just like setting it to filter like Out so it's only colorless combos that'll mostly just be artifact combos.
1: Yeah, Um, that honestly, like knowing them is pretty cool because not only can you use them and play with them, but you also know like how to play against them and kind of how they work. So highly recommend it. The spellbook is like awesome, awesome resource for players. I'm really, really. It's it's cool that that everyone got together to make that. You know.
0: Uh, all right, but uh, any. Like, Twitch is kind of strange. If you're not going the combo route, what would you do
1: with her? I have no clue. Because, like, giving your creatures vigilance isn't crazy. There's a lot of ways to do that. And there's an even better one in the command zone that doesn't even have it written down a nudge, nudge, a wink, wink, Derevi. <laughs> um, and Derevi is insane. Like, Derevi, I still feel like, is one of the stronger bank commanders you can play. um So if I was just going to play a bunch of little guys with vigil or big guys with vigilance, I don't really know <laughs> what I, I would I, do there.
0: Yeah. I, I think like if the goal is just to have a bunch of like as many diggers as possible, then I guess you would go for like tokens.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and that said, like the flavor of this card is awesome. Right. Cause yeah. like she taught people how to like mine and excavate and learn about artifacts in the desert. So the fact that she gives all your like guys, the ability to do <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so cool. It's so funny. Get to
0: work. Here's a shovel.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's pretty rad. But yeah, I guess tokens like you're saying.
0: But the thing is, like, man, you know, if I'm doing a bant tokens deck that wants to untap things, it's like, or like once it's things untapped, like, Jesus, just go with the Revy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kinda kinda weird. So I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, unless you really like Takasia and you're gonna build like a uh Brothers War theme deck or something like that, like, and you are not going to combo or something. Like, I think this is just not one we're going to see too often. Um, okay,
0: what do you think about this though? Tell me if this is absolutely wild. But, okay, uh, put Takasia or Takasia, whatever. Uh, would you f- consider putting her into Rev? Because she gives your guys vigilance, oh, that's and funny. she gives you a way to like tap them for value. So, like, assuming you have, like, creatures that tap to do powerful things, like, vigilance is useful. And if you don't have creatures that tap to do useful things, it's just a way to use them.
1: Huh. Yeah, maybe. I, f- I feel like that's, I mean, that's not bad, you know? Okay. You that probably have fine. better
0: things to do in a Derevi deck, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like Yeah, I do. I do. F- I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot of good things to do in Derevi, but I feel like that's not terrible. Like, if someone sat down and played Dicasia, I feel like. They would at bare minimum, like, draw the cards they need every time, you know, which is mm-hmm. that's nothing to sneeze at. So um, do you want to get into the second to last commander? So this one is not available in regular booster packs. This one mm-hmm. is in the uh the uh, set booster exclusive cards. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about him or them e- or yes. I'm not actually? Yeah, I don't I don't. Honestly, do not remember this character from the book.
0: Yeah, uh, so this is the Archimandrite. Uh, it is two blue, red, white for a zero five 5 legendary creature human advisor. At the beginning of your upkeep, you gain X life, where X is the number of cards in your hand minus four. Whenever you gain life, each advisor, artificer, and monk you control gains vigilance and gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you gained. And then it has tap three untapped advisors, artificers and or monks you control draw a card. So another tribe we, we just asked for uh, in our, 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 one of our recent episodes um, we were wondering like, man, there's so many good artificers. How come we don't have an artificer tribal commander? Well, (laughs) wizards uh, clearly Subscribe to the commander theory podcast immediately turned around,
1: slapped this into
0: the set boots, your exclusive
1: commander mm-hmm. cards, mm-hmm. this and beasts, you know, just definitely someone yeah. was there waiting. They're like, Oh, got it. Got it. Those <laughs> two, those two are commander Theory are onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot to
0: talk about with this commander, um, on this. So I think there's like a scale of tribal commanders. And the that scale is like how interested the deck is in universal automaton. And, <laughs> uh, <Love that. laughs> yeah, and I think it, this one is like mm, towards the the side of the spectrum that is interested in universal automaton. I think this deck is just running a bunch of crappy creatures for their type line um, because like. You want to have a bunch on the battlefield when the Archimandrite comes down so you can draw your cards and it doesn't kind of matter how good they are because she's just going to pump up their power enormously. Mm -hmm. So like who really cares? Like they draw cards and they attack real good. So the mechanics don't even matter. Like I was looking through the list of artificers and it's like, man, Arkham Dagson's so good, man. Like, uh Master Transmuter is so oh so sick damn audacious reshapers i love this card and all of them are terrible in this deck cuz just cost 3 and <laughs> yeah. 4 mana get <laughs> yeah, goblin welder in here he's so cheap
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you got your like monk of the open hand <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that in here it's so funny
0: yeah just like absolute trash cards that the commander is doing a lot of heavy lifting for um i would say like you i mean obviously you want as much incidental life gain as you can fit into this deck. Um, There are a handful of cards specifically like monks that do that, like devout monk, lone missionary. Uh, There's just a handful of cards that will gain some like life when they enter the battlefield or whatever. And that's kind of all you're looking for. I mean, (laughs) I mean, like, the fact that it just has the relevant pipeline and pumps your guys up huge, great, perfect. Um, you can also fit some life gain into like your interaction. Uh, there's like invoke the divine. Um, Heliod's intervention has like a, a powerful life gain mode. Uh, like sanctify, righteous fury. It doesn't matter what those cards do; they all just like blow up artifacts, enchantments, or blow up tapped creatures and gain you life. Like they allow you to do your uh, eat your vegetables a little bit but also like contribute towards the deck's theme um there's a handful of cards that give your guys double strike and lifelink which work really really well with archimandrite i'm thinking of like true conviction <laughs> and acroma's will uh just like being able to first strike damage oh i gain a ton of life and now the second strike will absolutely obliterate you uh that seems pretty good um and then finally you want ways to untap your guys. So like Intruder Alarm is great here. You can tap a bunch of guys, play another monk, artificer, or advisor, and then draw more cards. Uh, Drum Bellower, also great. Finally figured out a good use for this card. It's This is the uh, uh, Neon Dynasty Commander card. That's 2 and a white for a 2-1 spirit with flying. Untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. So that card is fantastic when you're tapping all your guys for value every turn. Um, and that's that's mostly what I have to say for this commander. Do you have any other thoughts on the Archimandrite?
1: No, there's just like not a lot of... I, I feel like Lone Missionary being like one of the best cards in the deck is like pretty indicative of like what <laughs> this deck <laughs> is like trying to do. Or like, I, Would you play like Air of Enlightenment in this list?
0: It's oh, the, I gotta, one of the
1: saga from Kamigawa Neon. So, Era of Enlightenment is. I'll just read it off real quick. It's a two mana enchantment saga. Uh, chapter one, Scry two. Chapter two, Gain two life. Chapter three, you get a two two first strike. That's a monk. If Do you
0: it think had that's worth it, if it had read ahead, I would say yes. Um, oh, okay. But the fact that like the the Scry two is the thing I care about least on this card, and it's the first thing that comes up. It's like ah, no, I, don't know. Mm, I um, got you but uh, yep yeah, that's um, honestly that's good tech uh or like that's that's a good thought
1: yeah um, it's i was like trying to find monks and artificers that gain life when i enter and i'm like is two <laughs> this, <laughs> two i don't know but yeah that's a very funny commander i think uh the art is pretty indicative of how you're gonna feel when you're playing this <laughs> too <this laughs> so definitely give it a look-see if you haven't seen it yet um just yeah just guy monk advisor artificer life gain who would have thought that was definitely uh not on my bingo <laughs> list. yeah so.
0: absolutely wild batching on this card
1: yeah just crazy so last commander for the day so this is uh, a colorless one so woo, new colorless commander do you want to do you want to read it off
0: yes uh so I-, I will say that like i am so pleased to get a reasonably costed colorless commander that like does something useful for a colorless deck this is uh, a very very rare treat I've, i've complained about this before but let me jump into it liberator urza's battle thopter is three mana for a one two legendary artifact creature thopter it has flash and flying and you may cast colorless spells and artifact spells as though they had flash Whenever you cast a spell if the amount of mana spent to cast that spell is greater than Liberator Urza Battlefield's power put a plus one counter on Liberator. So, uh it's I mean the the direction for the deck is uh, not very narrow. It's kind of yeah. just like play your artifacts and colorless spells and I'm still totally okay with that because like the uh the vein of design of colorless commanders has not been mined very thoroughly. So it's fine. <laughs> if this one is just kind of like uh mono Brown stuff.
1: And uh, mono Brown it is. There's so many mono Brown things.
0: Yes. You know? uh, I, I mean, it's just nice to have this in your command zone and then just not have to worry about mass removal so much, like being able to wait until the absolute last second to make your decisions. Uh, is pretty nice in a format that is really, really hostile to artifacts um, yeah so it's it's pretty cool um there's uh, it's it's not super like i mean it can be tricksy, I guess, like being able to throw in a duplicate mill combat like mid combat is going to absolutely ruin somebody's day um, I'd say like in terms of building around this. You would want to just run some like cheap, crappy artifacts that draw cards. I- I'm thinking of things like um Maze Mind Tome or mm. Reckoner Bankbuster, uh maybe even like Sunset Pyramid. I just like want the deck to have things to do with its mana in case the coast is not clear and you don't want to commit more cards to the board. Um and it mm, it might be worth committing to like um a heavy waste count so that you can run Mm -hmm. like endless atlas but you don't have to like the the list we have linked in the episode description that i'm running is like 18 wastes but you can go higher if you want to go for synergies there um i think that like it is I, i think we're like Close to the point where you can consider like a crucible fetch engine even in a colorless deck. Like when you have Yeah (laughs) Um when you have like Demolition Field and Evolving Wilds, Fabled Passage, uh Lotus Field, Myriad Landscape, Prismatic Vista, um, and plus like you know, strip mine, tech edge, those kinds of things, Terramorphic Expanse, Wasteland, I think we're at the point where you can just like consistently Get your value off of a, a crucible i think that we have now like a critical mass of things that allow you to do something every turn with a crucible out
1: no i i think we're definitely there too because like even if you're just um using an evolving one i guess you could use um fable passage in this slice too so yes yeah um prismatic vista uh so you you got you got the ones you got them mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I definitely think that that's something you can do. And I also like that this uh like basically just being Vidalkan Ori the deck means that like you also kind of choose when to slam, which is actually pretty fun cuz because this is a flying commander that gets bigger, like you can choose when you're going to drop in your um I don't know, your your sword of whatever or your jitae or like you can kind of pick and choose when you want to be like okay time for like ugin to come down or when you want to be like all right now i'm gonna get in with my uh i can't think of the the sword the um sort of the animist and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um yeah this is a pretty like i feel like a lot of the colorless commanders we've gotten uh basically because of the Eldrazi and stuff like that are pretty like egregious to play against. I feel like this will actually be like fun. <laughs> you know, uh, like for it's... for it'll be an actual like back and forth instead of just like I ramp out this Eldrazi and win immediately. And you're like, Yeah, oh.
0: you okay, which of your four lands would you like to lose? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think of course worth noting that you know this deck can do some dirtly stuff um but it's very bad at interaction uh and yes. like wind can condi- i the wind conditions are probably just like turning your eldrazi sideways it's just it, it it's a little more work to find them mm-hmm. uh, um but yeah i i think that it's still like you know i i am still very very happy to see new and interesting options for colorless commanders
1: mm-hmm. um and that that's it um that's the legends for brothers war we got a lot of a lot of hits i feel like
0: i agree I, i think this was a pretty good set like the the commander exclusive cards helped out a bit um but yeah like there's uh i think there were like filling in some neat archetypes like we got an artifact creature aggro deck we've got a soldier tribal commander finally we got um uh, Artificer tribal, we got Beast tribal, we got a, a lot of really cool things. You know, Black Edric, many new decks added to the format with this set. So I, I'm very pleased with the Crop of Commanders.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely, um, some really splashy stuff. Every, I feel like everything at least on the surface looks really cool. There wasn't any like active traps, you know, like even like a Loran like. Baby Loran, disciple of history, you still can do a lot with if you build around her. Like there's not any commander where if you try to do what it says, you are going to feel like you're just inept and unable to play magic. Um <laughs> even though there are some that are pretty low powered uh, Felton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know. All right, yeah. So
0: very uh very good crop commanders um I'd say like I I would have been skeptical going into it to hear that there were like, you know, three different versions of Urza and three different versions of Mishra, but uh they've managed to make like interesting cards for all the like variations on these characters. So yeah, really pleased with their approach with this set.
1: Yeah, it was cool to see like they, they actually showed the characters like growing up like you can see the like character progression <laughs> when mm-hmm. you have like these versions and it's cute that they use the like uncommon rare mythic to show like them getting more powerful and, and older at the same time you know mm-hmm. that's like a cute little thing they did that with the uh, chandra cards a few core sets back um and it worked pretty well there so it's cool to see that they're still really thinking about that when they're designing cards like this. Um, so, yeah, I guess I, I don't know if you have any last thoughts about this or any anything uh you want to say. Uh we're going we're going to get to the main deck cards in the next episode. There's just a lot to chew on <laughs> in this this episode there's a lot of like pretty cool legends that have come out between the commander decks and this set. So, I'm glad to see that my excitement over this set was warranted, you know
0: yeah definitely uh can't wait to get into the main deck cards Uh, i think there are definitely going to be some new staples coming out of this set so uh stay tuned for that and then of course we'll follow up with our predictions episode where we check in on our the the cards we thought we would do best from dominaria united and we'll give you our predictions for what in brothers war uh, is most likely to become a format staple in commander but i think we got to wrap it up so I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The Whiteclays, Hannah, James, Logan, Roger, Bright, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Frodo, Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny B, John Francois, Drew, Recta, Nick, BJ, Cameron, Valeria, Zach, Quincy, Carey, Stephen, and the Longs. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not a Patreon patron but would like to become one, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com/slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Commander
1: Theory. And on Twitter, I am at FatBartleby. You can
0: also email us at CommanderTheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud.
1: And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavnots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think i you.